We've had to use the backup recording for this show, and the sound is not that great. You can skip it and go to the next one, or give it a listen if your ears can handle it. Hello. Hello, hello. 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 Are hello. we on the right... Uh... Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay. Hi, everybody. Hello. So Hi, this... Uncle Greg. <laughs> we're recording on Oscar night. We, we didn't record on Saturday because Friday we had this big Uber... A beer show thing with the beerists and and uh, Austin, uh, ABV, Chicago, Chicago ABV, and um, and got plenty uh, drunk and then uh, woke up the next morning when my alarm went off and oh yeah I had this thing I had to go to so I went there pretty hungover. Uh, God, I was coaching a soccer game at seven twenty-five. So you must have had it even worse than me. Hey, we won. So I guess I need to do that every time now. Okay, well, that makes Fridays very interesting. Uh, so, yeah, so, like, at 5 o'clock, I finally got home from that, and I was like, oh, okay, I, I can't do a show. I just got to sleep. And I, the funny thing is, you know, I slept, and I woke up at, like, 9 o'clock, and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm feeling okay, but it was already 9 o'clock. Right. Yeah, no, it was fine. Um, watch some... So my uh, home theater PC, the SS, so the OS was on the SSD. They had a big hard drive for archiving stuff. Well, the SSD died on uh, Friday afternoon or something. So uh, I spent, or no, Thursday afternoon. So I spent, you know, Friday, Saturday, getting rebuilding, setting up all the software. I probably should take a snapshot of my home directory to have all that stuff backed up. Mm-hmm. I didn't lose anything irreplaceable, but there was a lot of rework to get all the services that I use on that thing running again. So I rebuilt that. And then Heather wanted to scan some photos. So I went and the scanners hooked up to that Raspberry Pi you got me, which is a great kind of like standalone scanning station now. Um, But the thing wouldn't boot. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I had to re-image that and get that set up again. So I spent the whole weekend rebuilding all my Linux boxes in the house, it seems. (laughs) This is why Linux never takes off. (laughs) I think the Pi was not working because the power supply I was using had the right USB plug, but it didn't have enough power behind it. You know, it didn't have enough amperage on the output. So This tape here just failed. Oh. Things are falling apart left and right, Failing tape. Oh. Can you survive the show? I, I think I can survive. I think I can okay. manage. Okay. All right. We'll fix it for next time. We'll get the, we'll get the contractors in here, the union guys, right. to <laughs> fix the wiring. Um, Have you decided are we going to go with this or are we going to go with the mute? No, let's do the sounds. Just our normal pre-show ritual involves lubricating ourselves slightly. With copious amounts of Samuel Adams. We get enough. I know. (laughs) The... um, So I haven't posted the show yet because I wanted to edit out the chewing... And then I wanted to listen to the Grapefruit IPA segment because I caught myself like, this sounds like an infomercial. I'm going way too deep on this whole grapefruit and beer thing. And I just wanted to make sure it didn't come across too infomercially and maybe shorten it up. So that's why the show's not up yet. Okay. And, and I mean, I figured you said that there was something there, so I didn't... Well, I mean, yeah, I could have done that instead of, you know, rebuilding the computer too. So, you know, it just got pushed late. But yeah, I actually want to edit some of that stuff because we went a little that chewing was very funny (laughs) (laughs) i know i wasn't paying attention right and i'm right here on the mic and uh, i'm like yeah i gotta take that out and then i just i just feel that we really um 
went a little too gung ho with the with the grapefruit. Yeah, the whole yeah. I think yeah. I just think it's too much. I think it's going right. to come across like an infomercial. So I want to just listen to it and maybe shorten it up a little bit so it you know. I mean, is there's not, a value to not. Being not censoring ourselves, in the, I mean, not not censoring what had happened, right? Sure. No, I'm not going to change the story. I'm yeah. just going to make sure it doesn't drag on too long. Yeah. The kind of thing we used to do. <laughs> All right. You know, or this whole 15 minutes, it can go. <laughs> uh, trying to think of what interesting stuff I have to talk about. Um, oh, see, that's an issue. What, more tape failing? Yeah, because now that this has more weight, it's causing more tape to fail. Oh, no. <laughs> Got a hot glue gun right there. We could fire that puppy oh, up. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I'll hold it in here for now. Okay, so... I don't, I don't know much to... I did find this, this story very interesting. So I, I was watching, you know, Star Talk with uh, Neil Grass Tyson. Uh-huh. I, I watched a previous episode with him where he talked with Private Ryan Cox. And apparently they had a little Twitter thing where they, Neil deGrasse Tyson said, you know, uh, is, lightsabers are made of light, so they would go right through each other. And Brian Cox responded with, well, if they were high enough energy, maybe they wouldn't. Because there is a situation where if you have a high enough energy light, you can have a gamma-gamma interaction. Okay. Uh, and so if they are ridiculously high energy light, like ridiculously high energy, then there could be enough interaction that you would actually feel a force. Right. That, I thought about it and I thought, okay, that, that's a really interesting way to solve the problem. But there are, other, there are a couple other issues that comes up. That make that ridiculous and uh, uh, not work. Mm-hmm. First of all, is just the energy requirements would be astounding. We're talking not not suns. We're talking millions and billions of suns worth of energy. Uh, which you know you could say, okay, it's a it's a Star Wars world, and you can do hyperspace and all that stuff. So you could, in theory, have a small piece of you know mm-hmm. small amount of incredibly compact energy. So the other issue you have then is. This is light that's confined, right? This is not a beam that continues on. Right, this right. is a confined beam. So that means any energy that's confined is massive. Uh, and so when you have a lot of energy that's confined, it's a lot of mass. It's, I, I guess it is light. I mean, I always... I don't know. I presumed without much... You know, I, I'm, not so, I'm sorry. Forgive me for not you know, analytically thinking about the mechanics of a lightsaber too much. But I, I was... I, I was thinking plasma be you know something like that right where it's not just photons mm-hmm. but i mean especially when you see kylo's jaggedy edge thing where it's like flaming you know yeah. that's plasma right i mean that... this is going by the the assumption that the, these are made of light as mm-hmm. opposed to some sort of energetic plasma right well no aggression doesn't like star wars so <laughs> but anyway so First, the, he dip, rips on the Millennium Falcon. Well, I mean, well, this is this is me doing the same thing as he's doing, which is using that idea to illuminate oh, some sure. interesting things in science. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the other the other problem with having that, like I said, any energy that's confined anyway is ma- is massive, and this is a lot of energy that's confined, so it's incredibly massive. So you have, of course, the fact that they would be very uh, they would be gravitationally. <laughs> Like attracted, maybe black holes more or less. They would be sucking. They didn't have that much energy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So you could then say, well, in Star Wars, they have a way of getting around that because they have artificial gravity. They have a way of repulsors, right? They have a way of countering the, uh, the gravitational effects of gravity. But as far as I can tell, they don't have a way of countering the inertial effects of gravity. Oh, yeah. The, the lightsaber is supposed to have no mass right. in the blade. You know, if you re- like, so Max has a book about the lightsabers mm-hmm. of Star Wars, and one of the little tips in there, one of the little inserts, right, is like, you know, it's hard to use lightsabers for sword fighters because they're not used to having a hilt with no massive blade type thing, you know. So that's kind of kind of explained in the yeah. books and stuff. I guess I know more about lightsabers than I thought I did. <laughs> this would be so massive. This would have so much inertia. You would not be able to move it. You would <laughs> nothing would be able to move it. Well, the force. I suppose if you had the force, but then you, you wouldn't have uh, Han being able to cut open. Yeah. Uh, Tauntauns. Tauntauns, yeah. yeah. So. I just thought it was neat to, to take that extrapolate Childhood out. is ruined. <laughs> so I just watched a video when I got back this afternoon. Uh, I saw it on Scientific American's Twitter. It's um, basically, what is the biggest number? Like, the biggest number that can be described. For a while it was Graham's number, now it's other stuff, right? Yeah, there's stuff beyond Graham's number. But it's interesting because you would think, oh, you just keep adding one to a number. So he had some rules about the biggest number, right? You can't say what he said plus one. Right. You can't. We're not going to let use an infinity because it's not, a number. it's not a number. It's a concept. He did talk a well, little bit. Well, it's not on the number yeah, line. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it's, yeah, so. Yeah. Um and so he started talking and he started going up with like, okay, so are there, like, there is not a Google amount of atoms in the observable universe. No, not even close. Right. So, I mean, you know, he starts off with a basis of how big numbers that you've heard of are. And then he goes up to Graham's number and talks about how, like, you have to use a different kind of notation to mm-hmm. even describe Graham's number. It's really good stuff, yeah, right? Arrow notation is, is crazy. And then he starts talking about... Um, so he goes from Graham's number. I think the next one he went to is tree three. Okay. Which, this guy's a mathematician, right? And he he basically said, okay, after Graham's number, I, I just don't comprehend the size of these numbers. So he went to uh, Googlepedia or something like Googlepedia or something like that, where it's a it's a... It's a wiki, you know, in a community for people who specialize in extremely large numbers, or Gogarians, or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, and then he went from there, and then I forget, he, you know, there's a couple other numbers. And I want to watch the last part again because there was a competition at MIT between two people to describe the biggest number on a standard sized chalkboard or something. And, um, you know, basically this invented the new largest describable number. Okay. And, uh, I don't know. It's interesting because you think, oh, you just, you know, 10 to the billionth, 10 to the quadrillionth. You know, you just think, you know, just keep putting that. But, you know, those exp- are, those exponential are... notation falls down when you have 7,000 or yeah. no, 7 million, 7 trillion digits in the exponent, you know? Yeah, those are those are tiny numbers compared to yeah. the numbers that we're talking about, like compared to Graham's number of Googleplexes, like zero. Yeah, he was talking about um, arrow notation, and this was really interesting, right? So if you have three, so arrow notation, it, it's not like a to the, but, you know, like, so you write three, an up arrow, and three. That's okay. three to the third. Three 
to the third. Yeah. So, and then if you do three, up arrow, up arrow, three. That's three to the third to the three up arrow, three, up arrow, three. So that's twenty-seven nine to the third. Mm And then if you do three up arrow, three up arrows, three, it goes from 27 to seven, bi- seven quadrillion or something seven like that. Seven billion, I believe it is. Seven, seven trillion, maybe? Yeah, because it's, it's then three to the three. Uh, no, it's, it's three, it's three up, up, three, three up, up, three. Or, right. And, uh, and yeah, that's the numbers just get bonkers yeah, in yeah. it. So eventually, you get to like three up, up three or three hours is three with a tower of exponents is twenty seven million. It's yeah, it's like something twenty seven million digits long. Yeah, <laughs> and that's just three. And, and there are four arrows in the first part of Graham's equation, and that means and that three up arrow up arrow up arrow up hour three is G one. Right. Then you take G1, and you do up arrow, up arrow, up arrow, up arrow, three. So it's G1 to the, to G, with G1 exponents. Right, right. And you just keep going and going. And to going. G64. Right. To G64. You got, the video is really good. Let me, um, actually. Number file video is, is a great one. Okay. And then he starts talking into the other ones. And like, he really could not find a explainable um, description for tree three. Uh, I was just reading the wiki article on it a little bit ago. And, you know, people are talking about how it's funny. It's like the number can't be described unless you draw out the graph, like the, the graph tree graph or whatever. <laughs> like, and then, they, then like on the computer notation, they're having brackets and parentheses, like just a series of brackets and parentheses. Like it's supposed to mean something. Oh, and that's probably latex that they're using. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So the issue is that, when you get onto that level, you're not really talking about number. I mean, you're, you're talking about things on the number line technically, but they're not stuff that we can represent with numerals. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's no way to represent it with numerals. They're just they, it doesn't fit. You, you don't. There's not enough ink in the universe, not enough space in the universe to write all the digits. So, yeah, yeah. It was. It's fascinating because I never had a. I never had an appreciation. That exponential notation. I know we talked about Graham's number in the past, but I don't remember talking about arrow notation in it. So I don't know. Maybe I forgot it. But from what I remember talking about, you know, I never really comprehended that you couldn't adequately represent something with exponential notation. And then this video did a really good job of showing that. Awesome. And and then you know beyond where. You could understand arrow notation, and at least at the beginning of it, yeah. And then you just kind of say, oh, "Okay, I kind of get how that gets crazy really quickly." Like uh, tree three does the same kind of thing, right? Um, tree one is one, tree two I think is twenty-seven, and then tree three is a number larger than Graham's number, <laughs> much larger than Graham's number. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, so Graham's number was a solution to uh, a problem with, uh, about, basically about how to set up a graph, how to set up a, a, a node graph. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the interesting thing about Graham's number, I remember this very clear in the number file video is, so Graham's number, the, the solution 
what Graham's number did was it's defined that the answer to this problem has a value. And its value is somewhere between six and Graham's number. I think on the video I watched, he said 11. It, it's, it's changed since then. Oh, okay. Uh, it's changed to be 11, maybe even 12, uh, and Graham's number. But to a mathematician, that means they pretty much nailed it. <laughs> because that's not infinity. That right. means there is a bound. Right. There but is an answer to this question. It's crazy because, yes, it's a small part of infinity. But it's a number so much bigger than you can comprehend. (laughs) But, you know, like I said, the the important thing is it solves is it says that there is an answer. That this does not go on for infinity. This is not... Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I get it. That is important. But just, yeah. I'm going to have to watch more stuff on giant numbers because it's just fascinating. But the point being, that's why that number has a use. I mean, so, like, you can... Like you said, you can describe numbers. Graham's number plus one, but that doesn't have a use, yeah. so there's no point in talking. Well, he also said it had to be a useful number. And so the biggest number that he counted as useful, like you might, you can either agree or not agree with me, but um, you know, it was useful because of, uh, well, it was a competition, so it was entertaining. It was, you know, actually mm-hmm. the philosopher is the guy who described this number, not the mathematician, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, the use is not in calculating something. Right. It's more of a philosophy, philosophy, philosophy uh, you know, philosophical use. Uh, so, yeah, you might see. He said you, you know, people will disagree yeah, with that. So. Yeah, I mean, like, well, but it, the question is: is it useful in math? Not is it useful in other fields? And I would say in math, probably not until there's something that depends on that number to right. to, to be a, a bound. So, I mean, yeah, but. All these things are interesting. I mean, Graham's number plus one can be interesting philosophically, too. Graham's number to the Graham's number right? mm-hmm. <laughs> could be interesting philosophically just the same way. Tree three to tree three. Have I just blown your mind? <laughs> uh, you know, n- not not really. It's just... Yeah, it, it's... I think describing... Un, you know... Describing how you get to the number, like these huge numbers, is is interesting. Mm-hmm. Understanding how to get to Graham's number, pretty cool. Excuse me. Uh, you know, trying to understand how tree three works. Don't know it, but okay. It's still, it's still. There's oh, yeah. a d- description on how to get there. It's not just. It, it's not just making up a word and saying. Blah, blah, blah. Right, right. This is this is how this is how I got into. You know, really. You talked about you know last week how um, we were both on the same page with physics, and I sort of j- jumped off, and most, <laughs> mostly because I started to really get into this, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and you know you had kids and stuff. <laughs> you had other things going on, you had other things you cared about, uh, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And my other point was, I'm not smart because I because I know this stuff. I just happen to have looked into it to an extent, right. so I find you know I do find it fascinating, but it doesn't make me smart. Not sure. uh, it's just uh, it's interesting. But you know, so I started. This the thing that got me into this was sort of understanding reference frames and picking up what that meant and like really getting into it and then understanding. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Look at what you can do. So, just turn it on caffeine. There we go. All right. Okay, okay, I did have some, some tweets. This is sort of interesting, sort of in the physics way. Uh, one of my tweets is, I don't think there's a good immediately obvious way to explain the rotational symmetry of space. 
Uh, I can do it in a minute, but that's too long. Uh, but so let me give you the idea for the rotational symmetry of space, which is 720 degrees. Now, the way okay. the best way I can describe this is you to think of a box, and inside that box is another is another box, another cube, or let's mm-hmm. say, and attached to the four walls of the box uh, are why are lines like strings that attach to the walls of the cube? There's the six walls on a box. Yes, but I'm just for for simplicity. Okay. okay. Um, because you're rotating along one axis. All right. All right. So you so attach. So you have a box inside of box, and mm-hmm. the walls are attached to the to their respective walls with strings. Now, if you were to twist that 360 degrees, the strings would get tied up. But if you twisted a full 720, they would not be tied up again. Twisted a hole. Which way are you twisting it? You just twist it along the, the axis you have the strings on, right? So, like you said, you don't have axis uh-huh. on, on, the, on the top. You don't have strings right. on top and bottom, so you twist it. Uh, you know, there's actually enough give with the strings, right? But okay. You, you just t- turn that box 360 degrees, and all the strings will be will not it will not be back to its original configuration. But if you turn it another 360 degrees, it will be back to its original configuration. Uh, I'm not imagining the right experiment because I don't see how they untwist when you change, keep turning it the same way. It, it, yeah, like I said, it's really hard to describe. Um, I've shown you that another way you can do it that you can imagine it is it's like this, oh, twists right. around like that, and then it twists around like that again. Oh, okay. He showed the thing. Um, he did it before. The it's hand twist, yeah. Hand twist, where you do one underhand to one overhand, and you can go twice without disconnecting your shoulder. And, uh, okay, so... Okay, I have to look at it, but I understand what you're saying now because there's like a, um, you're not just doing the same motion twice. There's a an actual there's a flip in there. But as far as the, as far as the uh, object is concerned, there isn't. Right. I mean, it, it's moving in spatially, but you know, in theory, I could have the object not move at all. Okay. And the idea is that space works uh, pretty much the same way. It's not by harm, but the dynamics of the situation say that this is not a full rotation that this is. And that applies, actually, because what that, what that means is you get things like spinors. You get uh, electrons, which have an opposite, which is up and a down spin. And so you can't get electron electron that... that um, if you were to, it's a point particle, I realize this, but if you were to spin it 160 degrees, it'd be a down electron. You spin it again, it's back to being up again. So listening to something on the, uh, I get it. Uh, anything else you want to say on there? No. Okay. So I was listening to something the other day. It was uh, some guy wrote a book about mathematics or something. And then he was talking about this like one mind bender thing, right? And it was really weird because like, I, I won't, I won't, Put, I won't put any, any of my personal commentary. I was going to give my personal commentary, but I'm going to wait. So, um, I don't have any, I don't have any, do you have any coins? Like two of the same coin? Probably do. Quarters, preferably, but any coin will work. I have coins. 
It would have to be the same. Two quarters. Okay, so you take two quarters, right? And if you roll one, you put them together so like the ridges on the on the edges mesh like gears, right? And you roll one around the other one. How many times does the quarter rotate when it get to get the whole way around to where it started, right? Do that again. I'm sorry. So take the two quarters, mesh them up so the ridges are like gears, uh-huh. and then watch the head on one, one stationary. The other one rolls around the stationary one. And how many times does the head rotate around as it goes around the quarter? Well, for the stationary. <laughs> and, uh, Jake's having a problem yeah. manipulating quarters. So, so, so here, here we go. So, quarters at twelve o'clock, and George Washington is face up, you know, head up in the sky. Right now, if you were to manipulate this, when he gets to Three o'clock, he's upside down. All right. When he gets to six o'clock, he's right side up again. Uh-huh. When he gets to nine o'clock, he's upside down. Uh-huh. And when he gets to 12 o'clock, he's upside uh, right side up again. Okay. And they're like, how does he rotate 12 when he rotates around the quarter? You know, how does he have two rotations, you know, when the circumference of these two things are the same? And if you're, you know, enrolling the quarter should only have one rotation. Okay. So that was the question. And they're like, I don't know, that's crazy. It was like on NPR. I mean, they weren't saying that, but they were like, <laughs> like it's just like it's weird and uncanny and all this stuff. But do you um, have any thoughts on that? Um, no. <laughs> he's he's working on something else. Yeah. He doesn't care about this line of conversation. I'm trying to find it. <sighs> so if you, the thing is, you're rolling it around a quarter. So. Um, you're not rolling it on a straight line. If you rolled it on a straight line, the length of a circumference of a quarter, George Washington would flip over once, right? Right. But since you're rolling around a circle, that line's going upside down on you, right? So when you're upside down, because the line you're on turned upside down, you're right side up again, right? Because if I roll, if I roll a quarter half the circumference of the quarter, Washington will be upside down. But at that point, I'm also underneath the quarter. So my line is invert, inverse from where where I started. So that's why he rotates, uh, the face rotates at a two to one because he's, when he would normally be upside down, right? When he would normally be upside down. So if he was rolling along a straight line, here, let me... Draw a line. Draw it out. Yeah. So say that's the length, the circumference of a quarter, right? Right. So if he's rolling along that, when he gets halfway, he's going to be upside down. Sure. And then when he gets the whole way, he's going to be right side up. Mm-hmm. But if your line is like this, right, when he gets halfway, he is, um, his head is closest to the line, but since the line has flipped over, his head is He's face up from your point of view. Right? He's he's on he's at twelve o'clock okay. against okay. the stationary yes. quarter. Yes. All right. And I see. All right. So, so when he was under the quarter, he had turned enough that he had relation to the quarter changed 180 degrees. Alright, so if I can describe this for, for uh, a listener. Um, what what Jeff is saying is that 
even though it's moved halfway along the line that, that you would normally think that would take to flip the, the it back to right side up again, you are turning it as well. So since you're doing a rotation on it, that is essentially accounting for the other half of the rotation. Right. And so, uh, so you get a full rotation by changing by, by both... By from your perspective, right? Because, yeah, it's a perspective thing. Because I mean, yeah. if you look at it from the stationary quarter, he only the head is only close to you once, mm-hmm. um, right? When it's at six o'clock, whereas or no, when it's a, uh, I guess head gets close to you. Heads up, yeah, just once at six o'clock, and then which would be halfway through the travel, right? But from your point of view, that's the first time that he's turned a whole 360 degrees. But uh, that's because the line accounts for 180 of those degrees. And then the path of travel, which is in a circle around the quarter, it was the other 180 degrees. And uh, so if you at, at you know, the angular of the whole thing, it's actually two. So, I don't know. For me, that came pretty... Um, I uh, I was driving in a car, so I wasn't able to like do the experiment before they got too far. But when they, they're like, oh, "Why does it do it twice?" You know, it didn't take very long for me to like, like, you know, come up with the reason where you know, like, I don't know, they weren't leaving it as like a <laughs> like they were trying to figure it out, and like, like they didn't have a good explanation. I'm like, really. <laughs> trying to find a gift that showed what I was talking about but I can't find it so okay uh, anyway but yeah that I, I see what you're saying yeah sometimes you know you get things and that other things that other people don't yeah <laughs> like, I didn't mean to come across like oh, I'm so smart you know that's not what you came across yeah. it I was just uh, because I was I was a little bit distracted and I wasn't uh, uh, and I was looking for this thing I didn't immediately get what you were saying but I think you described it well okay so let's see what else did I tweet some of the energy using right to think right now Came from some creature's poop. Yeah, I saw that one. So, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lots of creature's poop. Over a, and over again. Here's a scary thought. If, uh, if Trump wins, for example. Um, Surgeon General Ben Carson. Uh, did you see my political tweet I put out the other morning? No. 2016, the year Trump made it okay to be racist again. Hasn't it always been okay to be racist? Yeah, that seems more okay to be racist this year. Than it's okay to be white again, though. Mm. <laughs> That's the other one I was thinking yeah. is uh, it's really make America whiter again. Uh, I did have a Bitcoin tweet. Did you see I it? I saw it, yes. It sounds like you're beating a dead horse to me. I, sometimes I just need to, to reinforce. <laughs> um, because I get why, why people like you like it. It's a cool techie thing. I get it. But it failed. Yes, I know. Yeah. We agree that it's not going to be a viable currency. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had Alpine Duet at uh, Siena Mercado, which is the, the meatball pizza beer place that's downtown. Uh, yeah. And it was good food, but... I tasted it. I was like, hmm, "This is interesting. It's bright." And I looked at the, I looked at online. It's Simcoe and Amarillo. 
Yeah, Alpine does some interesting things with hops. Yeah. And even some Cone Ambrello, I guess. I was like, what? I, it could have been. I mean, it, it was. I'm not supposed to like this beer. This beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a little bit colder than I'm used to drinking it, so that okay. could have something to do with it. Uh, but still, I was like, the first thing I tasted, like, this kind of trap was, is that Galaxy? No, not quite. What is that? And I looked it up and, yeah, <laughs> what? I, I mean, on paper, I should not like that beer. Right. Sure is good, though. Mm-hmm. I had a uh, we can talk about that on the main show you can talk about the now part of the main show yeah. too uh, yeah I'll save that for the main show yeah the uh, the beer thing was pretty fun once I got in <laughs> once my computer <laughs> stopped freezing on me I had my um, I'm using Google Hangouts and I'm using my you know Mac which is what almost six years old now and um damn thing kept freezing up on me okay so what do we got here we got the cube turning oh okay doesn't go all the way but you you see what what's going on here is there it goes he twists and needs to twist again and it doesn't suck going all the way but you get get the idea of what's happening there yeah, why does it keep free? Why doesn't it? Why is the gift not gifting? I'm not sure. It's st- it's like it's like stuttering too much that I can't get. Like I can't see the whole 720. Oh well, science. The gif is broken. The gif is broken. Maybe it's... I don't know. Well, anyway. It has a weird pause and and then it jumps and... Bad gif design. There. It almost went there. Right? If you look at where the the blues are. Right? So the blue... Now it's on... Flipped. So here you have... Every 90 degrees, you have a different axis that's straight, right? No, I guess the green's never straight. It's every 180, either the red... That's eh, not working right now. Yeah. Anyway, I'm right. not sure if that's saying the exact same thing you're trying to say. No, it's not. Because it's not showing in 720. Yeah, it's not showing in 720. It's showing at 360. Yeah. That's, I don't know. It's just showing the greens, kind of like a merry-go-round going around it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, what was I gonna say? That's something. You, you, the, oh, the, about my computer. Yeah, it kept uh, kept freezing, and then John published the the participation link, you know, publicly, so everyone jumped in. Like I can't get in. Let me in. <laughs> It was fine. I could watch the stream, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to keep up. And actually, that's where I noticed there was a whole chat that we couldn't see on the on the Google Plus page. It's it's kind of crazy how um, shit doesn't work. Oh, well, it's not. Like, it's not crazy. This is still a a new tech that's being thrown out there publicly, right? I mean, Skype has that sort of thing working, but that's yeah. not a public yeah uh, thing. And this is. Uh, a very public idea of, of bringing people together in, in this sort of situation. It, it, it's cool that it's capable of doing it. I, I listened back to a little bit. I noticed my, my mic was buzzing the whole time. I didn't know that. No one told me. I would try to fix it. It was, it was worse towards the end, but, I mean, everyone's mic 
sucked pretty yeah. bad. Um, yeah, I mean, well, no, towards the end was when it devolved. Yeah, anyway. no, no one can tell. <laughs> no one can tell what their own mic was like. But I mean, none of it was. I mean, yeah. there's people with just laptop mics and no headphones right. and they're <laughs> yelling at their roommate. Those things are fun, but I wouldn't uh-huh. do them all the time. Yeah. Now there's some good conversation in it. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Especially once I broke out the whiskey. <laughs> yeah, got pretty drunk at the end. I feel kind of bad for for Rubio because my me when I pulled out the whiskey, it was it was a cue for um, Mike to go raid John's liquor cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> at, at first, I was totally I, I was digging uh, what's who, what's his name the the weird guy they brought Bill him, Bill and then yeah he sort of got more and more belligerent as time went on he got okay. really belligerent at the yeah. end he turned into a, and Ruby was like hey, he's an asshole don't worry about it <laughs> they told me about him when I was down there they did have the interesting story about Bill has an anosmia so he has a different tongue than anybody else and, mm-hmm. and I was sort of just trying to say I understand why that is the case here's why and I think I think that got through. Yeah, I don't think Bill wanted to hear it, though. <laughs> I wasn't insulting Bill. I, I, no, no, but I mean, he was ready for you to insult yeah. Bill because he started saying, you know, they say I shouldn't be able to taste, but I can. And you're like, I get that. And he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't say he had taste. <laughs> <laughs> and he really doesn't like Pittsburgh for some reason. Well, he's in Philly, I guess. But That's fine. Everybody, nobody yeah. likes Pittsburgh. I mean, people like Pittsburgh now more than they used to. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, even for a while, Pittsburgh was a joke. Yeah. So it, it, it's hard to change that in the mind of everybody. All right. You want to get on to the main show? Let's do it. <laughs> 